afternoon and welcome to another episode of Real World Talks with Lourdes and Kathy. Hi, Kathy. Hello there, Lourdes. <laughs> and today, on today's podcast, we have a very special guest by the name of Alan Lai, who is the Director, Market Tests and Promo at Burger King Corporation. Hello, Alan. Hi, good afternoon, everyone. Thanks so much for having me here. Thank you so much for joining us, Alan. It's truly a treat. Um, so for our listeners, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you to a career at Restaurant Brands International? Yeah, no, absolutely. So just a little bit about myself. I was born and raised in Brazil, uh, spent most of uh, my childhood life growing up there. Uh, but then a big part for me was definitely uh, traveling. So uh, growing up, I was able to live in five different countries. Uh, which the last one has been in the U.S., where I actually went to high school here, and then as well as college, and then afterwards I decided to stay here uh, afterwards uh, to start my career. So uh, I went to school in California, where I was very involved in a business organization uh, in, called Delta Sigma Pi, uh, where I was able to get a lot of hands-on uh, experience uh, with working with small businesses, as well as uh, local businesses uh, in Malibu. That's where I went to school. And then obviously, uh, after getting that exposure, I wanted to look for some uh, a job that had hands-on management experience. And this is how I came across with uh, Burger King's operations training management program. Uh, so I was very uh, passionate about anything about that it was very hands-on, being able to learn the business by doing it myself. And I saw that that program had the opportunities for me to do that. So uh, obviously going to high school here in uh, South Florida, I definitely had uh, a tie uh, with Miami. So I definitely wanted to come back. And um, what else, uh, what better than finding an opportunity that is in Miami, uh, where I was used to, uh, as well as having hands-on experience, which was what I was uh, looking for, essentially. So that's pretty much kind of uh, what planned my decision on how I started with uh, Burger King uh, it's, uh, almost eight years ago now. So. Awesome, Alan. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now, you know, for some of our listeners um, that may not be familiar with kind of like the corporation side of our, the business, can you describe the work culture and the environment at RBI? Yeah, definitely. So um, a big part of RBI is really uh, having that meritocratic uh, mindset, uh, that ownership, right? Uh, mindset on all the individuals that work here. So uh, we do work very hard. Uh, we do have the opportunity to work hands-on in several of the different projects that we have. And not all that, but we do have the ability to get exposure to the leadership team early on, uh, despite uh, the role uh, that you're at. So uh, definitely think that that's a big uh, part of the RBI culture that I love so much uh, is really being empowered to make decisions as well as uh, be able to give inputs in uh, key projects that we have uh, here. And another big part of the culture and the work environment, I guess, that I really love is really the ability to work cross-functionally between the different teams. So on my current role, I do work with pretty much every single team that you can imagine uh, within the region that I worked at. And that's very common in all the different roles that I've had. So really uh, having that exposure to different work streams, being able to really understand the business, right? So obviously I think that uh, different roles, you might have a specific task 
but uh, just the exposure and the opportunity of working different teams, you're able to not see the project, not only from your team's standpoint, but also allow you to see the full project as a whole and how does it impact the business. So uh, definitely a big opportunity here. And I definitely love this aspect uh, of working at RBI. Thank you, Alan, for sharing that. And you really kind of sold the culture, you know, the corporate side of it. Now, let's say that we have some students or maybe an individual or team member that's currently working at Burger King. And this happens a lot. Sometimes you want to transition out of working maybe so front of the house in the middle, in the center of the business, but now going to corporate. What would be your tips or advice to someone who wants to make that transition um, in, in order for them to be able to make a successful transition over to the corporate world? Yeah, it's a very uh, good question. Uh, and obviously, I think that early on in my career, I had the opportunity to work in company ops uh, restaurants, really being hands-on and uh, really being close to the team members there. So definitely, I've seen a lot of different stories uh, throughout uh, my time there. Uh, but uh, I pretty much kind of walk you through kind of my uh, recommendations and advice that I gave to a couple of my team members, right? So a big part of I always tell them it's always focused in school, right? So a big focus on education, that's something that's very important. Uh, and so I definitely encourage all the team members out there to, uh, to really make sure that you're going for school and make sure that you're not uh, missing out. I think that uh, definitely it's very important for you to have that uh, life skills and uh, they're getting that in the restaurant. But at the same time, I also think that it needs to be a balance between education and uh, hands-on experience. So uh, that's a, the first step that I always tell people Go, to, go for school, make sure that you are um, attending classes, you're getting good grades, um, and as well as be able to balance that with work, right? So, uh, and then obviously throughout, uh, and throughout uh, the time there, I was able to kind of advise a couple of them to one, always be a sponge, right? That's something that I always tell uh, all the people that I work with, be willing to learn new things, right? Get yourself out there. Don't fear the unknown, right? Uh, leave your comfort zone and be able to learn all the different skill sets that you can get, right? And one of the opportunities that we're able to do in Russia was cross-training uh, into different positions. So a big challenge I always gave a lot of the team members that I had was like, okay, so you have mastered this position. Why, let's let's try new positions, right? Let's make sure that you master all the different roles that you have in the Russian so you can fully understand that, right? And obviously by having that cross-training and different um, roles uh, within the restaurant, right? So either you want to be a cashier or you want to be working in the kitchen, right? Uh, I think it's very important for you to be able to understand the business, right? And a big part I've always told people is that in order for you to uh, think about the next steps, you need to fully understand all the different roles, right? Uh, and definitely, and I've seen a lot of example of team members that were able to uh, cross training in different roles and eventually work within the management letter uh, in the Russian. So, starting out as a shift leader, then moving to assistant manager, then uh, general manager, right? Uh, and definitely think that if they are really performing well, they're really focusing on all the goals and the targets and really have a, a strong team, right? I think that that's a big thing that I've taught uh, a lot of uh, my team members, like always think about building the team that you want and implement a culture that you want to see in a restaurant, right? And definitely there will be opportunities for it to grow. So we have seen a couple of general managers that have become district manager, right? And I always uh, uh, kind of use me uh, as an example as well, even though that I was a trainee, I was actually placed as a restaurant manager and then eventually I became a district manager. And uh, it's, I could see uh, different examples of that. So we have seen a quite a few 
examples uh, in our company own restaurants that uh, that we had district managers. Uh, now we have different ones that have been uh, uh, that have been moved to another field uh, uh, leader roles, right? That started out as a team member, right? So they started out as a team member. They went to school uh, while they were working, and they were basically climbing up the ladders uh, in the different management role to eventually be able to work in a corporate focus role as well. So we have seen a lot of example on that, right? Uh, also in the franchisees, right? In the franchisees world, so I've seen several of um, the franchisee above Russian leaders, right, that started as a team member and they made their way up. So there's definitely a lot of possibility there, right? And uh, for those of you that are listening that are currently working as a team member in a QSR or uh, any business related, so definitely recommend you to one, uh, be a sponge, right? Be willing to learn new things and not fear the unknown. Uh, then uh, the other thing is always look for a mentor, right? Ask for what are the different opportunities that there are within uh, your job and see how you can grow uh, and, uh, and really kind of foster that relationship, right? I think that I was blessed to have a lot of mentors throughout my career and, uh, and I'm always looking for it. And I obviously uh, now uh, with the position that I'm at, not only um, have the ability to be a mentee uh, to, um, to all those uh, people that have been a role model for me, but also be a mentor for uh, a lot of the people that are starting out their careers. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing that, Alan. And definitely, I agree with you in the sense of cross-training and education is super important and super vital. Um, now, my next question to you would be, what advice would you give to students as well as alumni who want to have a successful career at RBI? Yeah, definitely. I think that there, there's uh, a lot of them may seem generic, but I think that uh, a lot of those tips is really kind of going back to the basics, right? Uh, so it's uh, nothing outbreaking, but I think that uh, being able to focus on the things that, that matters, right? So always stay humble. That's something that is very important. Uh, that I always tell people that are starting out their career that it's very important for them to be genuine. Someone, uh, you want to be pleasant, right? Working with people, and you want to be able to sh to be there to uh, to show that you are you're hungry, you're a hard worker, and you're willing to learn, right? I think that that's definitely coming down to attitude. That's something that is very important, uh, especially uh, if you're starting starting out, right? And uh, obviously, I think that just seeking for feedback, right? I think that a lot of people fear uh asking for feedback a lot of people view that as a criticism but rather uh, i view this more as a constructive feedback right let's not use uh constructive criticism as a word but uh seek for feedback right either that's from supervisors or people that you work with uh it's always important for you to really understand uh how um understand your work through the lens of other people not just your direct supervisor but also the people that you work with and really be able to kind of uh, listen uh, to that uh, advice and figure out how uh, you uh, can improve upon yourselves, right? So uh, definitely think that that's, that plays a very important uh, role uh, as, as you're trying to uh, think about uh, success in your career, right? And, uh, and, and definitely uh, be able to, uh, to learn, right? I think that one of the models that I that I go by is every day I should come into work thinking about learning something new from someone as well as teaching something new to someone. And I think that that's very important for you to always be in this learning um, mindset to constantly uh, try to grow uh, with that. So, 
Alan, thank you so much. As you've been speaking, I've been stealing notes. So I love <laughs> a couple of things you've been saying here. Leave your comfort zone, building the team that you want. And it's great that you're saying this because sometimes I feel like our students, you know, sometimes I feel like this is this crossroad, right? And it's okay to be flexible or it's okay sometimes to get out of that comfort zone and try something new to acquire new skills or to see if that's an area that you're going to like. And I always tell my students, you know, there's no, there's no harm in it. You don't lose anything. Actually, actually gain more as in skills and experiences that can help you along the way through your career. So thank you for continuing to share these great tips um, and suggestions. Now, kind of going back to RBI, what qualities and skill set does your ideal RBI employee have? Yeah, definitely. I think that it's similar to what someone should strive to be uh, in order to have a successful career. I think that it's very important to, as mentioned before, uh, stay humble, uh, have, be hungry, right? You want to be willing to learn and be very curious and definitely work hard, right? So I think that there, it's pretty much goes hands in hand in terms of like in order to be successful as well as for the ideal candidate, right? You want to make sure that you are showing interest and uh, showing engagement, right? And be, uh, and be part of it, right? I think that starts with that, right? So it starts with the whole do you even want to be here, right? So, and it, if, if the answer is yes, like what are the things that you would want uh, someone to be if you were working with? So uh, that's a big part that I always tell uh, my team is uh, let's figure out exactly what is the dynamic that you want out of it and make sure that you are giving the same dynamics to the teams that we're working with. Thank you so much for sharing that, Alan. Um, so Kathy and I talked to a lot of students um, on a daily basis and they come and we kind of act not only as career counselors, but kind of, you know, they're little personal psychiatrists. <laughs> so um, with that being said, um, what advice would you give to students to help improve their self-confidence in the workplace? Definitely. And, and that's something that I would just want to make sure that all the audience here today understand that this is something that is a work in progress, right? So it's very easy for us to say, uh, these are the things you need to do in order to be self-confident. But I know even for myself that it has been a work in progress that I've been gaining throughout uh, the years, right? So even today, sometimes I do get a little bit uh, uncomfortable and uh, kind of like question myself, like, am I able to do this? And that's something that is always going to go. But I think that the most important things is to, for us to always challenge ourselves, right? I think that the first advice that I have is really focusing on the mind, right? So one of the things uh, that I have done all my daily life was to remove the negativity, right? So there is no such a thing as I cannot or I don't, I won't be able to, right? And change that to uh, affirmation, right? I can, I will, I do, Right. So it really starts kind of with the mindset of like really teaching ourselves that we have the ability to make the change. Right. I think that obviously we will have opportunities. We will have things that we know that we might not feel as comfortable doing it. Right. And there's nothing wrong on getting ourselves uncomfortable. Right. In a nice way uh, that we're challenging ourselves to the unknown. Right. So a big part that I always tell people is that the unknown is what really shows us our capability of doing things that we never thought that we would. And this is where we're able to show some maturing, some progress on the things that we do by challenging ourselves to do things that are not normal, right? And then obviously one of the things that I always tell people in order to build the self-confidence, right? Um, by one, accepting the challenge of being able to do something that you are not used to or daily don't feel comfortable, but not only that, but do your homework, right? Search for resources, right? People are willing to help you out. All you have to do is reach out to people and ask, 
right? You're not gonna know what you don't know. And uh, one of the things that you can do is definitely reach out for assistance. And this is something that I think that a lot of people, especially graduating from college, remember that I used to fear reaching out to my supervisor and asking them, hey, what should I do here? What are the steps that I need to do, right? And you, and I was surprised to know that a lot of people are really willing to help, right? All we need to do is ask. So, uh, so I think that that's uh, the best advice that I can give. So just kind of summarizing uh, in a few uh, points, one, remove all the negativity and implement the positive affirmation that you can do it and start believing yourself. Two, get yourself uncomfortable. Be willing to, uh, to, to explore the unknown and be surprised at the things that you come, can come back with. And three, uh, be able to reach out to people. Don't fear or reach out to people who are willing to help. You just need to ask. People are not going to know that you need help unless you ask them. Thank you, Alan. Those were some wonderful tips. I, I agree with you. I feel like, you know, building self-confidence is not just a one-time thing. It's a constant thing that we always are improving and working on ourselves on. So thank you for those great tips. Now we're going to kind of switch a little bit over and um, focus a little more on personal and career life for yourself. Um, and I think that this is a, a question that I think that many of us, especially that are been working for quite some time and in senior roles, we may find a little bit of a challenge of. Now, how do you prioritize your goals and desires in life, you know, with the whole life balance? Yeah, definitely. So a big part of it, I believe, in is really figuring out what is important for you at that given time. Uh, I probably have a different definition of a work-life balance than most people have, right? Uh, I believe that the balance has to be within, right? What makes sense for you in order for you to find the inner zen in you? So a big part of what I do, I always kind of uh, start the week, I always like to start a week kind of listing all, all the items uh, that I, it needs to be accomplished. And then I basically go and prioritize on the things that you, I need to do both from a work perspective as well as personal perspective, right? And I think that that's very important for you to find the inner thing balance, right? So uh, I think that starts setting the expectation and knowing exactly what it's ahead, right? And then obviously towards the end of the week, after I go through my list, I like to kind of uh, go back and, and take a look into the list and be like, okay, what are the things that I was able to achieve? What are the things that I needed to spend a little more time? And obviously be very flexible, right? Because I think that uh, with throughout the week, there's always something new and that might make you change a little bit, right? And I think the big part of it is uh, always for you to set that expectation in your mind and know exactly what it needs to be done, right? And then focus on that. Uh, obviously, I think that each person have its own method, right? What works for me might not work for someone else. So my advice to people is always like, figure out exactly what works for you, right? Figure out what is the ways that you need to uh, get yourself organized. How are the things that you need to prioritize in terms of like what it needs to be done first, second, and third, right? Because that's just life, right? We need to be able to kind of balance out and figure out what is the one that's going to have a bigger impact in our lives. And obviously, and most importantly, is not stressing out, which is very easy to say. So one of the things that I always go by is that... Um, Obviously, growing up, I used to be uh, very stressed with all the small little things. I said, oh my God, I need to get this done. I need to get that done. I don't know how I'm going to do this, right? And throughout my career, I've learned that there are certain things that is on our control and there are certain things that is not on our control. So everything that is in my control, I basically changed the mindset and basically focus on, I need to get it done. So what can I do to get this done, right? It's on my hands, right? And then if things are not on my concern, I'm just basically like, okay, so it's not really on my hands. But what are the aspects that I can control and what are the aspects that I can try to facilitate that? So that's kind of like a little bit of the mindset that I've been going with. Uh, so 
I basically had been going with almost like a stress-free, obviously a lot of pressure, but uh, very um, stress-free mentality because I realized that first you need to really be able to control your mind and be able to uh, find that inner balance, right? I think that once you're able to master that and control your emotions, uh, you'll figure out on how things can flow uh, very smoothly, right? So uh, that's kind of like probably the best takeaway that I had in the past uh, few months and uh, and it has been working great for me, so. I definitely agree, Alan. Um, having a stress-free, positive mindset is super important in terms of prioritizing your goals and just making sure that you're moving along, so absolutely. Um, so in our office, when we talk to students, we always discuss uh, mentorship and a lot of individuals that may get students to where they need to be to be successful in their career. So um, I was wondering who has had a positive, positive impact in your life or who do you consider to be a mentor to you? Yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely was blessed to have several different mentors throughout my life, right? And I'm a firm believer that everyone, obviously, if you don't have one, uh, definitely try to find someone that uh, that inspires someone that is going to be able to guide you, right? Uh, but uh, I'm a firm believer that throughout your life, you meet several people that have a positive impact in your life and either they'll serve you as, uh, as a mentor or someone that will be a coach or even someone that will just be there for you just for more support, right? So obviously, I think that there is a mix of things, right? I think that in terms of positive impact, I think that I take a lot from my family and the values that they have. Uh, so my dad actually moved to Brazil with literally nothing. And he made uh, all his businesses um, without having any support and really uh, working really hard for them. So I think that that's kind of where I've learned that hustler uh, mentality that I have and that really working hard, uh, being positive and keep pushing through it. I uh, make sure that they stay organized, right? So that's kind of what I've learned. Um, through all my uh, college experience, I was fortunate enough to have several people that I could look up for. Uh, there's one of them that he was actually my career coach that he was a previous alumni uh, at Pepperdine. Uh, and uh, I, up to this day, I stay in touch with him. His name is Brad Starkey. Um, so he was uh, someone that was very important for me when I was making the decisions of making all the moves and deciding exactly where I wanna go, right? So uh, if you look into my experiences, all my internship has been focused on entertainment and media. Uh, and uh, that was a big part for me to kind of make the move. Like, do I want to make that move and work somewhere that I have no previous experience? Or uh, do I want to stay uh, within uh, the areas uh, that I'm used to and what it felt comfortable, right? Uh, and so it was always good to have that, uh, Brad, to really kind of give me his two cents and be able to provide different outlooks, right? I think that at the end of the day, I think that a big job of people that have a positive impact in you is really to inspire you to, uh, to at least clear up some of the unknown and the questions that you have, right? But at the end of the day, you need to realize that they're there to guide you, but at the end of the day, you need to be the ones making the decision and you do need to own that. And that was a big part that I've learned from a lot of my mentors is really having the empowerment of making decisions, reach out to them for support and get a different point of view. But at the end of the day, you are the one who knows what uh, is the best decision for you uh, in your life and uh, how you uh, want to take uh, that uh, and how you want to make those decisions. So. But yeah, so those are just kind of uh, two examples. Uh, but uh, throughout my life, even in RBI, I was able to have several different mentors throughout, right? And that's a big part I always tell people is just like, even if it's not going to be an official mentor, right? 
reach out to people, have coffee chats, uh, talk to them, kind of understand where people are coming from, what they have learned with their experiences, what do they do, right? I've, one of the things that I've learned that uh, by being very curious and being uh, interested, right, rather interesting, and that's very hard whenever I do a coffee chat, that was one of the things that I always tell people is like be 90% interested, let them talk, and then 10% interesting by me talking about myself. Uh, I was able to uh, have so many great conversations that have impacted me positively into my life and uh, not only that, but help me build uh, the profession that I am today. And hopefully uh, as I continue doing that, uh, enhance and take me to a new level as a professional. Thank you, Alan, for sharing that. I love coffee chats too. As a matter of fact, we um, encourage our students a lot to not be afraid. And if you see like even just searching through LinkedIn, someone that has an amazing opportunity or position that they're currently in that you will love to see yourself in five, 10 years from now. Like what's to her? Just send them a little message, introduce yourself. I, we will say the worst you can get is a no, not right now. Um, but it's really great to even have those non-formal, you know, maybe conversations um, with someone that can provide some great advice um, for your career and growth. So thank you for sharing that. Now, um, for all our guests, we love to do a little research on them and find something, uh, find more about them before we meet them. And I did see um, that you lived in five different countries and you did mention Eldor earlier, but also that you seek adventure. So kind of going on that path, what is your most memorable adventure? Oh, most memorable. There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me try to figure out. So I'll give it to you. One that is a personal and one that is a more professional one. From a personal standpoint, uh, it was probably when I graduated from middle school. I was 15. Uh, and then I had, so that was, I was in Brazil and I knew that I was going to move to the U.S. for high school, right? So Brazil, we started here in February and here we start, tends to start in August, September, right? So I did have that weird six-month gap between uh, middle school to high school. So I basically, I just remember having a conversation with my parents and basically tell them, well, uh, both of you are from Taiwan and I don't think that I truly know much about the Taiwanese culture, right? So being uh, the son of a Taiwanese and for a Taiwanese uh, people, I was just like, I probably should get myself invested a little bit more in getting to learn a little bit more about the culture and be able to learn a little bit of what I, uh, where my family comes from, right, and be able to uh, connect that, right? So I remember uh, I was actually, uh, it was three months before finishing a middle school and I basically told them, hey, so I know that I have this weird six months gap. Uh, I want to go to Taiwan and live there. Why don't you just send me there to live there? So I just remember both of them looking at me and they're like, oh, okay, sure, go ahead. I'll send it with your grandfather so you can just live with them and just go live there as a local. So uh, so I moved there for uh, Tai uh, Taipei, uh, the capital of Taiwan, uh, for six months. And I remember just kind of uh, be able to create my own routine. So I signed myself up to a language school because I was just like, well, it's kind of embarrassing that I know how to talk, but I don't know how to read and write in Mandarin. So, uh, so I just kind of uh, went through this uh, uh, this adventure for six months of uh, living in a technically unknown country. Right, I visited there a few times as a child growing up, but I really didn't know uh the things that it was uh that what to expect right uh and obviously living in brazil where basically i was raised pretty much very sheltered i had like a private driver we had uh, all these people working the house i really didn't have to do much of the chores right and then moving to taiwan where i needed to learn how to take the public transportation where i really needed to be around uh, a different culture different language right so it was definitely a very uh adventurous um moment for me so definitely uh 
six months that uh, I ne I'll never forget. And I think that I've uh, grown so much as an individual. And from a professional standpoint, so I had several adventures. I think that the most memorable one that I have was uh, during the Impossible Whopper launch. So uh, we went on this journey. Uh, it was a almost, I believe, an eight months journey where we needed to uh, launch this product, but then it's that we needed to test. So uh, I basically did a tour throughout America, launching Impossible Whopper, testing the product. So it was a very fun experience. Uh, the whole joke that I was having with my friends is that I was basically living out of suitcase. I was basically going from uh, city to city, visiting restaurants, kind of seeing uh, the execution of Impossible Whopper. So definitely was a very uh, important experience that I had to be connected to the restaurant. So uh, I've been started out my career at Burger King, uh, working restaurants. And then uh, in the most recent years, I was a little bit in a corporate world where I was a little bit more distant uh, from the restaurant. So it was always good to go back to really talk to the team members, be able to hear the hands-on feed, um, uh, direct feedback from the team. So uh, definitely a very good experience uh, and very adventurous uh, from a professional standpoint. Awesome. Thanks for sharing, Alan. So to kind of conclude the con the podcast, I always love to ask a very um, fun, non-traditional type of question. So um, to conclude, what is your favorite meal to order at Burger King and why? Love this question. So um, probably one of those that take the make your way to a whole new level. So I do customize every single thing that I order. So I'll give a couple of my favorites. So uh, definitely for Impossible Whopper. I absolutely love Impossible Whopper. So I ordered Impossible Whopper, plain, add tomatoes, bacon, and ketchup. So that's my go-to every time that I go. Uh, and then obviously I do. So I, I try not to drink um, sodas, but whenever I'm there, I just need to have <laughs> my Coke. I love that. And then uh, with the French fries. So that's my favorite combo. Uh, and then obviously I do love uh, to have the chicken nuggets on the side. So who doesn't? <laughs> Aw, I, yeah, I literally, I just had Burger King for breakfast this morning. I passed by and I grabbed myself my favorite breakfast, which is their French toast sticks. They are so good dipped in the syrup. Um, and I also love, I don't know, there's just something about the Coke slushies or the Coke ices from Burger King that just make it so refreshing. So every time I'm in the mood for like a Coke Icy or a Coke Slushy, I always go to Burger King. <laughs> love that. Love that. <laughs> well, Alan, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. We truly appreciate it. And um, our listeners and uh, as well as our students, I believe, are going to gain a lot of valuable insight into RBI and into your role within RBI. So thank you so much again. We appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for inviting me uh, and uh, allowing me to share a little bit of my professional experience. And uh, thank you so much for everyone that is listening today. So uh, hopefully that was able to uh, impact or at least teach everyone something new. Uh, and feel free to reach out. I believe that you guys will have my contact. So I'll be more than glad to talk more about RBI, share a little bit more of my uh, personal experience uh, or any additional questions that you might have. I'll be more than glad to help you, uh, anyone uh, through that. Thank you so much, Alan. And for our listeners, tune in for another episode next week and have an amazing day. Bye. Bye.